Fanatics Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James. We got a bunch of guys here. Uh, we're doing our mock draft 2.0 half point PPR scoring. I'll just introduce everyone. We got Mete here once again. What's up, man? Uh, we got Nate back with us. What's up, Nate? So, uh, Terry's back. What's up, Terry? Um, and we got Michael back from the Ball Podcast. How you doing, bro? Yo, what up? All right, so we all hopped into a mock draft. Uh, this time, we all drafted side by side, so all five picks in a row, uh, and we just uh, drafted all of our teams. Uh, so we're just going to go through the mock draft. We're just going to start from round one, uh, get to all the picks, and then we'll sort of, I guess, at the end, take a look at all of our teams and, I guess, just talk about how we like them. So uh, we'll start with round one. Uh I went from the third position. So the two players taken in front of me were Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. Um, I took Alvin Kamara. I just like the situation there. I know I said that I preferred Derrick Henry over him in drafts, but once they made that switch to Jameis Winston at quarterback, I just feel better about Alvin Kamara. He's going to get rush attempts. He's going to get catches in the backfield. So I like his potential a little bit more. Um, right after me, Nate, you took Derrick Henry. I guess just explain your pick. So I was going to take Nick Chubb, but I decided, well, I guess I'll just be different and take Derrick Henry this time around. All right. Uh, that pretty much explains itself, being a Browns fan. Uh, Mike, I'll get to you. You took Zeke. Uh, yeah, I'm a what... Cowboys fan, but I also thought he was the, uh, the best running back on the, on the board just because you know he's going to get the touchdown looks and then he's going to get a lot of usage. Are you seeing a bounce back from last year? Because I know he had a down year. If he doesn't, then he should just quit football, but I can't see him <laughs> being bad again. All right. Yeah, that's uh, it's a tough thing. I don't know. I, I personally just can't invest in him over Aaron Jones, but it, as a Cowboys fan, you probably have uh, more insight to the team. So if you think he's going to bounce back, I think he's going to be a good pick. Uh, Terry, I'll get to you. You took Aaron Jones, I guess. Just walk through your pick. I just like Aaron Jones over uh... – couple of other guys on the board. Honestly, you can't go wrong with your first round pick. Yeah, I think all these running backs pretty um, pretty close to each other. Mete, you took Saquon Barkley. Uh, you decided to take him over guys like Chubb and Taylor and others. I guess what was going through your mind? Yeah, so I was actually looking at Aaron Jones. Uh, didn't fall to me. So after that, the thing with Chubb and Taylor, they're both great backs, but I'm just scared that Chubb has Kamara, not Kamara, sorry, uh, Kareem Hunt behind him. Yeah, yeah and uh, Jonathan Taylor has Marlon Mack, even uh, Naeem Hines. So I just went for the clear-cut guy with Barkley. Yeah, it seemed like pretty straightforward. Uh, the five of us went side-by-side. Side. We all took running back, so looking pretty similar so far. And then after us, uh, Nick Chubb went, Jonathan Taylor and then Tyreek Hill, Najee Harris, and Devontae Adams. Now we're on to round two. Uh, Stefan Diggs went, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, and Travis Kelsey. Then Mete, you were up on the board. You had the sixth pick, and you took Austin Eckler. So just walk us through that. Yeah, again, so another clear-cut guy, I think. He should be the number one guy for sure in Los Angeles. And 
He's also one of the best pass catchers, I'd say, for a running back. So I think, yeah, he was a good pick here. Yeah, I mean, with the volatility with Saquon, you know, not being healthy sometimes, uh, you need a solid guy like Eckler behind him. It seemed like a pretty uh, good pick there. And then, uh, Terry, just getting to you, uh, you took Antonio Gibson right after. I guess talk about that pick. Honestly, just looking for a running back that falls into my lap, and Gibson was that guy. If it wasn't Eckler, I would have took – or if it wasn't Eckler or Robinson, I would have took probably Mixon next. Yeah, and speaking of Robinson, uh, Mike, that's where you went. Uh, I guess talk to us about that pick. Yeah, so I went on Robinson in the uh, mid-second round just because Andy Dalton's not going to be the starter for too long, and he's finally going to be able to play with a uh, a QB1. So I can't – like, Allen Robinson hasn't been – had one good quarterback his whole career. So once he has that one good quarterback, he should be able to go off because of the numbers he's been doing with the – Bad quarterback is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, 1,500 yards with Blake Bortles is nothing to sneeze at. So, exactly. yeah, he's, it's, it is a good pick. He's definitely a wide receiver one in fantasy. Uh, Nate, you went next. You took Joe Mixon. I guess talk to us about that. So I guess I just felt like he was kind of the highest available um, running back. I normally like to take um, multiple running backs back, back to back. So I decided to go with Joe Mixon. Yeah, he's a great pick. Uh, he had uh, that unhealthy season last year. Hopefully, he should be able to bounce back for you. Um, and then I was up at the the 10th pick, and DeAndre Hopkins pretty much just fell into my lap. Uh, it was pretty much a no-brainer for me. I mean, he's gotten over 150 targets the last six straight seasons, so you know he's getting targeted regardless. Um, he's always been a top-five receiver almost every season, so uh, that was pretty much a must-have for me. Uh, and then right after that, uh, Keenan Allen went, uh, Justin Jefferson went, uh, and then we moved to round three, uh, where A.J. Brown went off the board, then Darren Waller. Then I was up at the third pick. I decided to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be my second running back. Um, yeah, he just seems like a, a guy that you know should have a breakout season. Um, last year, he was sort of capped by the fact that Kansas City wasn't running the ball as well as they should. And that Le'Veon Bell also stepped into that backfield, but they should do a better job of running the ball this year. So, I mean, having him behind Kamara uh, seems like a good thing for me. So I went there. Uh, Nate, moving to you at the fourth pick, you took Terry McLaurin. So just talk to us about that. So I think last time I ended up um, drafting three running backs in a row, but I decided to go with a wide receiver this time. So I ended up going with uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, just break it up a little bit, spread the board uh, for your team. Uh, definitely makes sense. Uh, Mike, you took James Robinson with the next pick. So you have the Robinson boys on your team. Yeah, I like the last name. It turns me on a little bit. Joking. <laughs> um, so James Robinson, he just had a good year last year. <laughs> so with Etienne out for the uh, the, the whole season, yeah, he's going to be the number one running back again. So it's harder to find a good running back than it is wide receiver. So I went with a running back again, and he was the best on the board. Yeah, I mean, you're pairing him with Zeke, so you're definitely okay there. Yep. I mean, you, you have a wide receiver, so you should be fine also. Uh, Terry, you went George Kittle next pick. I guess talk to us about that. You just don't want to overcome in one position just due to the fact that I picked two running backs in the first two rounds. So might as well pick either a wide or a tight end. Saw so Kittle, fell into my lap. Might as well pick him up. 
Yeah, he's one of the three best tight ends in the league. No question about that. Uh, solid pick there. Then, Mete, you were up at number seven. You grabbed Mike Evans. Talk to us about that. Yeah, like Terry said, I don't want to overcommit to a position. And going back-to-back running back, I wanted to go for a wide receiver. And it was up to Lamb or Mike Evans for me. And honestly, this draft, I tried to be unbiased. So I think Evans was the better pick here as he's a solid wide receiver who he's been putting up a thousand yards almost every season so yeah all right and uh after you uh it looks like chris carson went off the board david montgomery josh jacobs miles sanders and then cd lamb and then we moved to round four where josh allen kyle pitts daryl henderson went off the board uh, chris godwin Amari Cooper right before you met and then you decide to take Julio Jones. Talk to us about that. Yeah, honestly, I like this pick better than my last one. Uh, Yahoo's rankings are kind of weird. I definitely would have Jones over Evans as there's a couple weapons in Tampa Bay where Evans could be having a rough week if he's if his matchup isn't the greatest, but Let's talk about Julio for a second. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best wide receivers of our generation, like I said before. And for me to get him out round four, I feel like it's a steal. Yeah, I feel like he's sort of fallen quite a bit just because of the whole A.J. Brown talk with him. But, I mean, if they can spread the ball well enough, they definitely should be getting solid work. Uh, Then right after you, Terry, you drafted. You took Tyler Lockett. I guess talk to us about that. Honestly, tight end, running back one and two were filled up. Might as well get my first wide out off the board. Lockett was the first guy available, I believe. So I basically took him. I guess any thoughts on Tyler Lockett, like the player specifically? Uh, the player specifically, I know DK is the future of that Seattle Seahawks wide out core. So can't really do anything about that. And this is the NFL. It's a young man's league. So Lockett's kind of eventually going to get pushed out. Uh, Wilson, he's still going to target Lockett just because they had that connection for how many years. So it's a good pick over guys like Cooper Cup who are kind of injury prone or even, I wouldn't say DJ Moore yet because uh, we don't know what Sam Darnold's going to do over there. So honestly, he just looked like the safer pick between the three of them. Yeah, I think if you're tied between Lockett and Cup, you got to sort of find that tiebreaker. And yeah, definitely Lockett has been the healthier guy. So I, I think that you made the right pick between the two. But, uh, Mike, let me get to you. You took Damian Harris. Just talk to us about the pick. So like I said earlier, it's harder to find good running backs. So I grabbed another running back just in case one of my two go down. And since we have that flex position, if he's got a good matchup, I'll be able to play him in the flex. Damian Harris is a clear-cut running back one for the Patriots. New and improved offense now that Cam's gone. And – uh yeah, we'll see how it goes. He had a good end to the last season, so I can't see him getting worse, but he can only get better at this point. Yeah, I mean, you take Cam out of the red zone there. If they need to run the ball, they're going to go to Harris and, you know, not the quarterback. So I think that that improves his value a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, Nate, you ended up taking Cooper Cup. I guess uh, it must have been the highest available receiver. Yeah, pretty much. I actually wanted to get, I think, uh, running back either this or next round, but 
Um, I felt like the next available running backs were too far at the time. So I just decided to go with wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, if you can't help it, you don't want to reach too far. You just sort of take what the draft gives you and sort of plan your strategy around that. I think you ended up making the right pick. Uh, I mean, cups should be solid. He's got Matt Stafford in there throwing him the ball. So he should get a lot more targets this year. Um, I was at pick number 10. Uh, I took Gus Edwards, uh, uh, I don't really need to say much about that. Of course, J.K. Dobbins went down with an injury. Uh, Edwards got a lot of work regardless of whether Dobbins was in there or not. So he's going to be getting the majority of the carries there. Obviously, he doesn't catch a lot in the backfield, but I don't really need him to do that as my running back three. Uh, he'll either play in the flex spot, like Mike said, or I can just have him on the bench for good matchups. So I'm not too worried there. Um, and then right after that, D.J. Moore went off the board. Robert Woods. Uh, and then we moved to round five where DeAndre Swift and Miles Gaskin went off the board. And then I was up again at number three. Um, I took uh, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, he was averaging like around 10 targets a game last year. Um, I know he had problems with drops, but um, if you're getting that large of a target share on a team uh, and you're dropping that many balls, it's only uphill from there. I think that he's definitely going to be a, a solid wide receiver for that team. Uh, and he's not even my wide receiver one. He's my wide receiver two. So I don't need to worry about, um, I guess, his production having to go through the roof every week. If I get that solid uh, wide receiver two production, I think I'm okay with that. So I really like that pick. Uh, number four, Nate, uh, you took Lamar Jackson in round five. I guess just talk to us about that. Yeah. So I guess normally you wouldn't really want to draft a quarterback this early, but um, he was just available at the time and I wasn't really too sure about picking anyone else so I just went with him yeah I mean you're still getting the production from him uh, whether you feel like you took him too early or not and I mean if he did fall to you um, that's a good thing uh, Mike you went quarterback also you took Kyler Murray I guess just talk to us about that so I actually wanted to grab uh, Lamar Jackson but you just went right before me so in uh, fantasy football I think it's important to get a quarterback that can run the ball as well and Kyle Murray's basically the second best after Lamar Jackson when it comes to running with the football. So I grabbed Kyle because if the receivers aren't getting kind of open, things aren't happening on offense, at least Kyle Murray, you know, you can scramble and grab a couple of yards and a couple of points that way. Yeah, I guess most of those top 10 quarterbacks, they got to have some rushing upside. I know maybe with guys like Mahomes, most of it comes from the passing. Same with guys like Aaron Rodgers, but at least they do have their feet. They're able to move out of the pocket and gain extra yards. That's always valuable for fantasy. Um, Terry, you went next. You took Adam Thielen. I guess just talk to us about that. If he was best available for a while. When I looked at running back, honestly, next available was Mike Davis and I believe Ray Mosert. And they were kind of like 10, 12 picks behind Thielen. So I'm well for their ADP. So I was like, all right, try not to reach for guys later down in the draft. Try to get guys that fall into your lap. That's what I did with Thielen. And I like him better compared to the other wideouts on the board at the time. Yeah, um, I mean, you got to let the guys fall to you uh, if you can. Obviously, reach for a guy that you like. But like you said, if you see guys like 10 or more spots down, a lot of times you should be able to get them coming back the next round. So um, I think you made a solid pick from where you were drafting. Uh, and then, uh, Meti, I'll get to you. Um, pick number seven in the fifth round, you took Mark Andrews. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so... It's kind of tough having a later round tight end. So I kind of wanted to target one here. And 
I mean, I feel like Mark Andrews has been a top five tight end for the last couple of years, and that's with Lamar not being the greatest thrower. Uh, with Lamar being in his, I want to say, fourth or fifth season now, uh, I think he's going to get even better as a thrower, and that helps out Andrews, especially when he's the main target in the Baltimore Ravens passing offense. Yeah, he's pretty much the guy that the offense is funneling through when it comes to passing. So, I mean, if you're getting him like round five, you pretty much rounded out most of your running backs and wide receivers already. So it's not like you're really reaching for him. You can sort of add him and feel good about it. Uh, right after you, T. Higgins went, uh, Tom Brady went, Chase Claypool, Cortland Sutton, and Trey Sermon. Then we moved to round six, where Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Mike Davis, went off the board to you, Mete. So talk to us about that pick. Yeah, so for this pick, actually, I just remember you saying, oh, the running backs are getting kind of dry. And I only had two running backs at the time. So honestly, you don't want to uh, draft a running back past round like 10, I'd say, as after that, it's literally just all backup. So yeah, I needed a third running back, Mike Davis. He had a really good year for the Panthers, especially filling in for McCaffrey when he was hurt. And yeah, I think he can have a great year this season. Yeah, like you said, uh, especially for your third running back, you want to be pretty sure about them in case one of your top two guys goes down or they have a bye week, then you have that guy that you can just slot in there. Uh, so a uh, really solid pick. Yeah, I think he also fell to you, so that was good. Uh, Terry, you went next at pick seven. You took Chase Edmonds. I guess talk to us about that. So as you two were having that conversation, I got quiet because I saw Mike Davis. And then Mike gone and picked him up. So I just took the next available guy, Chase Edmonds. With Edmonds in the offense in Arizona, I feel like he can hold off James Conner just due to the fact that he's less injury prone compared to him. And he has more chemistry with the organization compared to Conner as he is a new or a free agency ad. And... I just like him better than Connor and any of the other running backs on the board. Yeah, it looks like they want to name him the starter as well, uh, according to what I've been hearing. So uh, you should be okay there with that pick. Uh, Mike, you went next. You took OBJ. I guess talk to us about that. Yeah, so I just needed to uh, fix up my wide receiver core now that my running backs and my QB was kind of set. So after Allen Robinson, I needed another wide receiver. So Odell Beckham, he missed all of last year. You'd think he'd be uh, healthy and ready to go for the beginning of the season. And he needs a bounce back year. Like Cleveland was really good without him. And people are saying, oh, he's the problem. He's the problem. So if he comes out and plays the way he usually did or when he was in New York, he can shut people up and hopefully be back to his old self. So I took the gamble with Odell in the next pick. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he goes back to his old self, then you don't need to worry about having waited on wide receiver. He'll just end up being that guy for you that sort of just fills in uh, in your starting lineup. So that's a pretty solid pick. Uh, Nate, you went next. You took tight end. You took TJ Hawkinson. So talk to us about that. Yeah, I decided to start um, uh, working on tight ends, I guess, before um, they get kind of thin since uh, tight ends is usually ends up getting a little bit um, thin later in the draft. So that's why I went with Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson is part of that famous big six tight ends going early in the draft. So 
you probably wanted to get a hold of him uh, before all those tight ends went off the board. Um, I was looking at the draft with my next pick. I went right after at number 10. Um, I took Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't know, out of all the wide receivers still there, I just felt like, uh, you know, this is the guy that, you know, he's he's the wide receiver one for his team. Obviously, Kittle's the main target there, but um, assuming Trey Lance starts sooner rather than later, I mean, uh, I feel like there's going to be a lot more uh, deep ball throws. And I mean, Ayuk is going to be spread all around the field. He'll get a lot of looks. Um, I'm hoping, you know, minimum six to eight targets a game. Uh, if you give this guy some work, he's really talented. He's one of the more talented receivers coming out of his draft year. Uh, they just need to get the ball in his hands and he can create. So um, he's my wide receiver three. Uh, I can throw him in the flex or I can just play him off the bench. So um, I really uh, liked him at that spot. Uh, then Antonio Brown went off the board after me, Logan Thomas. And then we moved to round seven uh, where Justin Herbert went off the board and then Aaron Rodgers. So a run of quarterbacks there. Uh, then I was up and Kareem Hunt just fell into my lap at the, the third pick of round seven. Um, I'm getting a guy that, you know, he can be a good flex option. I'm getting him all the way in the seventh round when he should have gone uh, around the fifth or sixth round. So I was happy about that. So I took him. Uh, Nate, you took Jerry Judy right after. I guess talk to us about that pick. Yeah, so I guess I just wanted to um, work on some more wide receivers before um, they also start getting a little bit thin as well. So I just uh, decided to go with um, Jerry Judy. Yeah, seems like a really solid pick. Uh, he's one of those guys heading into his second year. Hopefully he can have a breakout season. Uh, Mike, you went next. You took Juju Smith-Schuster. Talk to us about that. So I actually wanted to grab Judy. I think he has the better upside compared to Juju. But since I've already grabbed my running back core, and now my wide receiver two that I grabbed, I'm just looking for kind of a backup and some depth. So I thought Juju was the best available option when it comes to uh, wide receivers. He's got a lot of upside. Obviously, a lot to share with Claypool. And hopefully, Ben Roethlisberger's arm can stay intact. But I like Juju's upside, so I grabbed Juju. He has to prove a lot of people around this year just because of all the dancing from the logos last year. Yeah, I don't blame uh, him one bit. He's definitely got a lot to prove. Claypool as well, he's been getting clowned a lot for that too. So um, both of them should have a lot of motivation heading into next season. But Terry, uh, I'll get to you next. You were the next pick. You took Ronald Jones there. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so right now I'm just thinking, let me just start filling up the bench with a couple of talented pieces. So in my mind, I was thinking, who do I choose from? The guy with the DUI or do I deal with the guy that has the split backfield? So I just chose the guy with the split backfield and Ronald Jones in second, instead of dealing with Melvin Gordon in third. So just choose the guy that has less of a outside problem. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you probably chose the right split backfield because the other one's pretty split as well. You got Javante Williams in there, so um yeah I guess you're sort of looking at the guy like you said that's going to be on the field and if anything happens with Melvin Gordon at least you got the right guy uh Mete I'll get to you you took Jalen Hurts as your quarterback talk to us about that yeah so I wanted to try a different strategy where I'm not drafting Dak so I wanted to get a quarterback as my last uh pick for my starters and since you have seven starters at round seven he becomes your last pick for a starter. And I feel like I kind of messed up. I think I waited too long for a quarterback as earlier in this round, guys like Rogers and Herbert went and 
I would have been way more comfortable with them, but uh, Hertz showed great potential last season. He can scramble, he can throw. Uh, just the only problem is that Philadelphia, their weapons aren't the greatest, I think. And I don't know. I feel like his sample size was too small. I feel like he only started like four games or something. So, yeah, it's definitely a risky pick for sure. Yeah, you probably got to follow it up with a backup quarterback. So uh, I guess as we get through the rounds, we'll definitely have to see about that. Uh, Right after you, uh, we had Robbie Anderson off the board. Then Melvin Gordon went off the board. We talked about uh, Robert Tanyan, Leonard Fournette, and then James Conner. So that was the end of round seven, moved to round eight. Uh, We had Michael Carter go off the board, uh, LA Rams defense, uh, AJ Dillon, Brandon Cooks, and Debo Samuel. And then Mete, you went with Devontae Smith, I guess, to pair him up with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. uh, At this point, I'm just drafting my bench now, and it's just who I think is best available. And Devontae Smith, although we don't know how he'll turn out uh, due to him being a rookie and having great upside. I just wanted to roll the dice and pick him here. Yeah. It looks like he's shaping into that wide receiver one in Philly. So if you get some chemistry with Jalen hurts, I guess it could probably turn into something good for you. Um, And then right after that, Terry, you were next. You took Corey Davis. Talk to us about that pick. Had the same mindset as Mente in this situation, just drafting guys for the bench, choosing best available guys. Kind of grateful that Smith and Debo Samuels went off before me just to make it a little bit easier as with my picking Corey Davis. A former top five pick in the first round. I mean, he has to turn it around eventually and the Jets are the Jets. So hopefully this is the place that he gets that breakout here. The Jets are the Jets. Is that what you said when you put them as 0-6 in their division? Yeah, the Jets are the Jets. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Corey Davis was a good pick. It looks like they really want to use him. They targeted him a lot in the preseason. So hopefully that translates into the regular season. And then you got a steal pick right there. Uh, Mike, I'll get to you. You took Dallas Goddard as your tight end. Yeah, so that's the that last position I needed was a tight end. And I had a few options that I liked. I wanted Logan Thomas in the earlier rounds, but he was taken. So I, I grabbed Dallas Goddard. Realistically, he's usually pretty healthy. He's got a new QB. He's not getting thrown to by Carson Renz, so he's going to be open. He's a really good catcher, good blocker. He's everything you would want in a tight end and relatively healthy. And he also took Zach Ertz out of a job, basically. So that's saying something. Well, I don't think Zach Ertz is fully out of a job yet. It looks like he is going to be there to start the season. He is going to be there, but he's definitely not going to be getting the touches as he once was. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. He is on the older side as well. He's getting up there in age. Uh, I know he did sort of apologize to management about wanting out. So I think he is going to start buying in. But like you said, Goddard's the younger guy. He can pretty much do everything on the field. So uh, it definitely makes sense that you took him where you took him. Um, And then uh, Nate, getting to you, uh, you took Tyler Higby. I guess talk to us about that pick. Yeah, so I guess I wanted to have um, two good tight ends, which I guess might not have necess- not, might not have been necessary, but yeah, I just decided to go with Tyler Higby. Yeah, Tyler Higby was sort of the guy I was looking at at tight end because I was up uh, for my next pick. I was either going to go tight end or quarterback. I had both 
Tyler Higby and Ryan Tannehill queued up and you just made my pick a lot easier by taking one of them. So yeah, I took Ryan Tannehill. Um, I took him in the last mock draft we did. Um, I took him in one of the leagues that I play in as well. I'm just really high on him this year. He's got an additional weapon in that uh, lineup with Julio Jones. And I'm hoping that the new offensive coordinator is not going to run the ball as much. Maybe he's going to start uh, making Tannehill pass a lot more. That's just going to increase his value. And I mean, he has um, good foot speed as well. He can, he can run outside the pocket. Uh, He can get you yards on the ground as well. He's pretty much the whole package and you're getting him a lot later than guys like Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. So I thought it was a value. And so I took him right there. Um, And then I guess right after me, uh, LaVisca Chanel got picked uh, Washington defense. Uh, then we moved to round nine where Justin Tucker went off the board as well as Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And then I was right back up at pick number three. Um, I grabbed Tyler Boyd. He was the highest available wide receiver on the board. Uh, Terry will tell you he's been reliable the past two or three seasons, always getting the targets. Uh, obviously with Jamar Chase getting a lot of drops, uh, his target, his projected target share might drop a little bit. Um, as uh, in, in terms of game plan, they, they don't want to be too reliant on him early on. So you'll definitely see a lot of work from Tyler Boyd, especially early on during the season. I mean, I'm drafting him as like what my wide receiver, like four or five. So I'm not heavily relying on him. He's more of a bench depth guy. So I felt really good taking him. And then Nate, you took the guy that I was um, debating with between him and Tyler Boyd. You took uh, Kenny Galladay, I guess, just talk to us about that pick. Um. Well, I guess he had a, he has a pretty high, I guess, projected um, total fantasy points this year. And he did get, um, I think, cl- he got, I think, 11 fantasy points per game last year. And he's pretty consistently good. So I decided to pick him up. Yeah, it looks like that Giants offense has a lot of injuries. So he might be getting worked a little bit more than expected. Obviously, when that lineup does get healthy, it might cap his upside. But uh, still a solid pick where you took him. Um, Mike, it looks like you doubled down on tight end. You took Noah Fan. I guess talk to us about that. So, so I really like uh, Noah Fan. When he's healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the game. He's young, so he's coming up in the game. Um, with Teddy Bridgewater now the quarterback, there's going to be a lot of small passes to a tight end, just because Teddy Bridgewater is a game kind of manager. So I think Noah Fan has a lot of upside for a round nine pick. And I like guess... I said, I'm just trying to add depth to my team, so depth to the tight end if I need to good matchup i see him rolling i'll put him in my flex spot yeah i was just gonna ask you where do you see him in terms of targets on that team there's a lot of mouths to feed there there's a lot of mouths to feed and sudden usually doesn't stay healthy judy's kind of sporadic it depends on his matchup but like i said i think he's gonna turn into teddy's favorite kind of receiver just because small small little passes he can break tackles and you get easy catches easy yards yeah, I think you got to look out for him in the red zone. That's where Noah Fant's going to be the most effective. That's where he was the most effective last season. So uh, you definitely want to keep an eye on that. Uh, Terry, you went next. You took Matty Stafford as your quarterback. Talk to us about that. Build up all the skill positions. Might as well get the floor general or field general or whatever you want to call him. You took Ryan Tannehill, so I'm thinking might as well pick up the next available quarterback, and that was Matthew Stafford. Honestly, I feel like he's going to have a better year compared to his years on the Lions. He has better options. Cooper Cup, I believe Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, and you got the Speedy, Deshaun Jackson, or formerly formerly Speedy. So better options, better city, 
bit of chance of putting up better stats. Yeah, I think you got sniped from Matthew Stafford, our last mock draft. So you were able to land him this time. Uh, Mete, uh, you went at pick number seven. You grabbed Michael Gallup. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so this is my first and only Cowboys player I picked. And like I said, I was trying to be unbiased. And at this point, I'm just looking for best available. And I think for round nine, uh, Gallup is a solid pick. Uh, Cowboys are turning more into a passing offense. And with Dak back, I think he's going to have an even better season than last year. Yeah, that's just assuming with all these injuries he's dealing with that he can hopefully stay healthy. Uh, that's definitely something we want to look out for. Um, right after him, uh, Joe Burrow went, um, and then Mike Williams, uh, Tony Pollard, Harrison Butker, and Irv Smith Jr., surprisingly. I'm pretty sure he's out for most of the season. I have no idea why someone decided to draft him, but anyways. Let's get to round 10 now. Uh, San Francisco defense went off the board. Uh, Zach Moss, Marvin Jones, Yoe Koo, and Baltimore defense went off the board. Mete, you were next. You took Devin Singletary. So talk to us about that pick. Yeah, so like I said, with my Mike Davis pick, I feel like after round 10, it's just a bunch of backup running backs. And honestly, at this point, it's not even 100% if Singletary is a starter, but I'm just going on uh, based off last year and depth charts. And since he's the starter, I decided to go with Singletary here. Yeah, he did look good in the preseason. The only problem is that Buffalo just decides not to run the ball a lot outside of Josh Allen. So we'll definitely have to see how much they do that this year. Uh, Terry, you went right after him, uh, taking DJ Chark. Talk to us about that pick. So the majority of the time when the Jacksonville wideouts are being drafted, it usually goes Shark and then either 2A being Viscus Chanel Jr. or 2B being Marvin Jones Jr., if I get Shark as that third wideout between the core three, I feel like I'm getting a decent steal, even though I only expect one of these guys to do great in the offense. Uh, it's really not a gamble due to the fact that he's my second bench wideout. So just take best available. Well, not best available, but let's see if the gamble pays off, if this is the case. Yeah, I think he was going as the main wideout uh, out of that trio, but he it looked like he fell to sort of the third guy there. Chenault went like two rounds earlier, and then Marvin Jones went earlier in the round. So, yeah, it looks like you might be getting a steal there. Um, Mike, getting to you, took Jalen Waddle. I guess talk about that pick. So after round 10, I kind of just try to look for, like, players who have really good value who can kind of blow up the scene and kind of create something that you guys won't really find in round 10s, 11s, and the later rounds. So I went with Waddle just because everything out of camp, is they're saying the Miami team is basically saying he's an instant impact player. Coming out of the draft, they were saying he's Tyree Kill 2.0. So I don't see why not take the risk and try to get Waddle. And there's just a crazy amount of upside with him. Yeah, he seems like that kind of dump off into the slot type guy and then he can sort of create after the catch. And it seems to be uh, what Tua needs to sort of get him going. So, yeah. And with the Dolphins, like Devontae Parker was their number one, but he's always got injury problems. So he's ready to fill in that wide receiver one spot right away. Yeah, I definitely agree. He definitely has the opportunity in front of him. Uh, Nate, you went next. You took Kenyon Drake. I guess just talk to us about that. 
Yeah. So I guess now I wanted to, I guess, pick up a running back, but I guess at this point, um, there aren't really a lot of stars left as Mate said. So I went with, uh, Kenyon Drake. He is a backup, but I think he's, um, pretty decent. Um, so yeah, I picked him up. Yeah. He should be getting a lot of work that Raiders team. Uh, they like to run and if they don't run him, they'll, he'll be the pass catching guy. So you'll still be getting a decent upside from him. Um, yeah, Mike, like you said, uh, you look for guys around 10 and later that have upside. So I went with Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, looks like with that T.Y. Hilton injury, he's going to sort of be the main guy there, the X receiver for them. Um, he sort of had a mini breakout at the end of last year. Hopefully he can translate that to the full season this year. He's still really young. I believe it's his second season. Um, and yeah, if Carson Wentz sort of locks into him as his main guy, um, I guess just look out. He's got the mold of a, a number one receiver for a team. He's a big guy. Uh, he can sort of uh, run run after the catch. He can make contested catches. He seems like a guy that's ready to fill in that role. So I like him there, sort of a breakout. Uh, right after me, um, Marquise Hollywood-Brown got taken. Uh, Jamal Williams went. Uh, that's the end of round 10. We moved to round 11 now. Uh, Sony Michelle went off the board. Tony Jones Jr., uh, then I was up at the third pick for round 11. I went Jonu Smith. Uh, he's my starting tight end. I waited till round 11 to grab a tight end just because I didn't really like a lot of the options ahead of him. Uh, it looks like Jonu's ready for a breakout year as well. He didn't really get the usage in Tennessee. Um, I feel like in New England, yeah, he, he's going to get a lot more usage. Uh, we don't know how much Hunter Henry's going to factor in because he was injured for most of the preseason. Um, but as of right now, it looks like Jonu Smith's going to be the guy and it looks like they're willing to run two tight end sets. So I'm confident that he'll be getting a lot of work. So I liked him there. Uh, Nate, you were the next pick. You took Kirk Cousins at fourth. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so I guess I wanted to pick up, I guess, a backup uh, quarterback at this point. And Kirk Cousins is pretty consistent. So I ended up going with him. Honestly, for a backup, you just want a solid guy that can fill in for bye week. So it was pretty straightforward there. Uh, Mike, you up next. You took Denver defense. Talk about that. Yeah, so it's just important to me to get a uh, a high-level defense. I know some people don't value the defense as much. I like kind of getting a top-three defense. So Washington was off the board, and I really have high hopes for the Denver Broncos defense this year. And like I said, it's just important to me to get a defense. I don't have to sit there and worry about it for the rest of the year. Yeah, like you were saying, there's like two different strategies. Either you like sit on that high level defense or you can kind of play the waiver wire week to week for matchups. But then if you're in a league where a lot of people are doing that, then you get into that issue with not being able to get a team with a good matchup. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely different strategies to that. Um, Terry, you were up next. Uh, Jarvis Landry off the board. Talk to us about that pick. It's available wide. I believe he's the safety blanket for that quarterback down in Cleveland for whatever you what's his name again Baker Baker Mayfield yeah thank you Baker Mayfield my bad uh yeah safety blanket as I said with uh Odell Beckham Jr. being wide out one I feel like Jarvis is that secure wide out two and I feel like Kareem Hunt's just that guy in the backfield that can be there just in case those two guys aren't open and it's a Juggling contest between Njoku, Hooper, and whoever else is at their tight end down in Cleveland. So might as well take a safety blanket. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're relying on him too heavily. He's more of like a bench player. You can throw him into your lineup if you need him. But other than that, it's just pretty much depth at this point. 
another depth piece went off the board to Mete. You took Matt Ryan. I guess talk to us about that. Yeah, honestly, I feel like this is more than a depth piece for me. Uh, like I said, with my Jalen Hurts pick, I have high hopes for him. But since he only started four games, he's a risky pick. So I was thinking of Matt Ryan or Trevor Lawrence here. But I mean, if I go Trevor Lawrence, I have two risky quarterbacks. So yeah, I had to play it safe. And just in case something doesn't work out with Hurts, I have Matt Ryan, who I trust. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely want to play that risky hand with something safer behind it. So definitely a solid pick there. Uh, right after you, Mike Kosicki off the board, Tampa Bay Bucks defense, Cleveland defense, Will Fuller, and Greg Zerline off the board. Uh, and then we move to round 12, uh, where Trevor Lawrence went off the board, Philip Lindsay, Tyler Bass, Darnell Mooney and 9M Hines. So, Mete, you were up next at the sixth pick. You went Jacoby Myers. Talk to us about that pick. Yeah, uh, this is, like you guys said, a guy I'm thinking of who can have a big breakout year. I feel like he's going to be one of the best receivers for New England. So, yeah, honestly, not much else to say. Just hoping for, hoping for the best with him. Yeah, you're definitely looking for those guys that can sort of become number ones on their team. I know Mike talked about Jalen Waddell. I talked about Mike Pittman. And now you talk about Jacoby Myers. Those are like three guys that we're sort of projecting that can become number one. So definitely important to take shots on them in later rounds. Um, and then Terry, you were off the board uh, next. You took Mark Ingram. I guess talk to us about that. If I'm looking for a start in the late rounds, might as well go Mark Ingram. Uh don't really need to say that much. He's my running back five on my team. I got guys ahead of him like Ronald Jones, Edmonds, Jones, and Gibson. Not really stressing that much about it. Outside of that, I mean, it's a – what's the saying? Uh, little gamble for a large upside, I don't know. Uh, what's the saying? If you guys want to help me out, be my guest, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, Mike, do you know what he's trying to say? <laughs> I got no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I, thought, man. Come on, I, I thought he had uh, something, but yeah, no, I get what you're trying to say. Uh, it's a low risk, large reward. High reward, yeah. Thank okay, you. okay, yeah. So that's that's sort of what you're trying to say. Um, yeah, understandable. That backfield is pretty muddy. The other two guys went off the board, like you said. Might as well take a shot on that third guy. I mean, Ingram has been getting most of the touches in the preseason, so you do have a pretty good shot in getting a starting running back there. So you might as well go for that gamble. Um, and then I'll get to you next, Mike. You took Ryan Suck up. I guess just talk about what happened there. I suck. That's what happened. Um, no, my, my, my PC just glitched up and I froze. So it was an auto draft. I wouldn't usually take a kicker that high. But yeah, whatever it happens. I mean, Tampa Bay, they can score. And if your league counts extra points, that was a good pick. If they don't count extra points, then <laughs> you're probably not going to be getting a lot of no, This man's not going to see the field much. Yeah. This man's not going to see the field much. Yeah, so hopefully the league uh, is a PAT league, and then you'll get some decent points. But anyways, Nate, we'll move to you. You had the next pick. You took Curtis Samuel. Talk to us about that. Um, I guess at this point, I'm just trying to, um, I guess – not necessarily like round up my roster, but just try to get some uh, more players that I think might be good off the bench. So I thought maybe I'll just take a chance on Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean, new team. Um, 
you know, he's moving there as sort of that like second wide receiver, um, possibly behind Terry McLaurin. So uh, especially if he gets that rushing work that he had in Carolina last year, he should have some good fantasy value. So it's important to take those kind of shots on those players. Um, and then I had the 10th pick in round 12. I went Gerald Everett uh, from Seattle. Uh, all reports out of camp is that he has a really good connection with Russell Wilson, and that's important. Uh, especially since I waited so long to grab my first tight end, might as well grab a, a good guy behind Jonu Smith and Gerald Everett's going to sort of be that guy for me. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, right after me, Robbie Gold went off the board, then Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, we moved to round 13 where Evan Ingram went off the board, Marquez Callaway. And then I had the third pick in round 13. I went with Trey Lance. And the reason I went with him is because this guy, I mean, if he somehow becomes a starting quarterback, no matter how early uh, he has every tool in the bag to become a, a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Uh, he's got the large arm. He's got the legs to be able to run and gain yards. And in that San Francisco offense, I mean, it's pretty much just going to explode at that point. Uh, it's just an upside sort of pick. Uh, I already have Ryan Tannehill. I'm not worried. This is sort of a breakout guy that can sort of surpass anything Tannehill's already doing for my team. And I mean, I'm taking him in like, what, the third last round. So I don't really need to stress over that. So yeah, I decided to take Trey Lance. Uh, Nate, you went fourth right after me. You took Boston Scott. Talk about that. Um, so I guess I want to get another um, uh, running back just, just in case I need another one. So I guess I just decided to take a chance on Boston Scott because he had a pretty high projected, um, I guess, total fantasy points this year. Yeah, he looked good in the preseason too. So it looks like he shouldn't lose his role as the backup there. So you definitely got a solid player. Uh, Mike, you went with McCole Hardman, next pick. Yeah, so I like he's either going to be a boom or bust kind of guy. If like Tyreek Hill goes down or Kelsey goes down, there's going to be a lot of looks for him. Um, he's just an explosive, explosive player with a lot of upside. And he's been tweeting all about all oh, wide receiver two, wide receiver. Like he's pumped to be a wide receiver two. So, like, I'm going to take that all the time. So, you know. Yeah. Might as well take another shot on one of these guys. You don't need to start him. He's just one of those guys that you can just throw into your flex if he pops off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then Terry getting to you. Uh, this guy tried to tilt me a little bit, taking New England defense. Talk about that. Honestly, it's the last three rounds. This is where most of the running backs and wide outs that you're wanting or projecting to do good or great become, you know, a, a disappearing act and they go to another team. So at this rate, I'm thinking, let me just take a defense in this third last round. Defenses behind New England were honestly teams like Indianapolis and who else was there? Kansas City that went in rounds 14 and then Rounds 15, probably anything else after that. So might as well take a defense that's getting a lot of people that are coming back from the COVID real season. Plus, they just revamped the whole entire defense. So I'll take the team with the highest upside at this rate. Yeah, definitely a solid pick. Definitely something I would have taken if they had fallen to me as well. So definitely, I like what you did there. Uh, Mete, getting to you, you took Austin Hooper. Talk about that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I like the point that Michael made after round 10. Just go for upside. And Hooper, I feel like he's at the peak of his career. And he's playing in Cleveland where they're really run heavy. So 
now that I think about it, it's not the greatest pick. Could have gone for a guy like Cole Komet who could have a great breakout. But yeah, I guess it's around uh, 13 and I need a backup tight end. So yeah, Austin Hooper. Yeah, I mean, if there's another injury in that offense, uh, he'll probably play really well like he did last season. Uh, the only issue is that you're sort of relying on that injury. I don't know whether he's going to have that week-to-week value, but yeah, um, other than that, he's just your backup. There's nothing you really need to worry about. Uh, after you, um, Matt Gay went off the board, Jason Myers, uh, Baker Mayfield, and then Cole Komet, like you mentioned, then Hunter Henry after him, and then we moved to round 14, the second last round. Uh, Michael Thomas went off the board, Justin Fields, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Jared Cook, Ben Roethlisberger, and then Mete, you went and took defense. You grabbed Indianapolis. Talk about that. Yeah, at this point, I just need a kicker and defense, and I usually like to go defense first. And yeah, I think Indianapolis is the best defense available, so I just went with them. Yeah, I grabbed them around the same spot in our last mock draft. Um, Surprised they were available so late. Um, Definitely a solid pick. They're definitely going to be solid, whether it's at the line or in the the secondary. So uh, I definitely like that pick. Uh, Terry, you were after him at the seventh pick. You went Henry Ruggs. Talk about that pick. I wouldn't say a sleeper, but he's wide out one on the Oakland Raiders. So might as well go with the guy that's going to get the second most targets after Darren Waller. Ruggs is my guy when it comes to that. I'm actually surprised that he's been going that late in drafts still, even after John Brown leaving the team. So I think you definitely got a really solid steal there. Uh, Mike, you were next. You took Alex Madison. Talk about that. Yeah, so from my, from my last two rounds, I kind of like have a role for myself where it's just like two guys you can kind of drop easily for like hot waiver wire people. So Madison, I just took just because Dalvin Cook goes down. Madison, you plug into that system, and he's going to be your RB1 very easily. Yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, you definitely want those like easily droppable players that if they don't fit into the system, you can just grab someone off the waiver week one or, or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned about uh, handcuffs. Handcuffs are great. You target those run-heavy offenses, and you draft the handcuffs, and uh, hope that they get playing time. We noticed that a lot last year, especially with guys like Mike Davis and Kareem Hunt. They were backups and they got a lot of work. So it definitely works out a lot of the time. Um, second last round, uh, Nate, you went with a kicker, Daniel Carlson. I guess pretty straightforward. Yeah, I guess last two rounds, kicker and defense. Yep, uh, definitely a solid strategy. Uh, I went with Kansas City defense. Uh, I was looking at either New England or Indianapolis. They both went off the board. I didn't want to reach. So I'm okay taking Kansas City. They don't allow a lot of points. Uh, They'll get the occasional sack or interception. Uh, We saw that with them against Buffalo in the playoffs last year. The defense was really solid. They didn't lose too many pieces off that defense as well. So I definitely think they're a solid pick even in the second last round. Uh, After me, Daniel Jones off the board. Elijah Moore off the board. Then we moved to round 15, final round, um, LA Chargers defense, Blake Jarwin off before me. I pick at number three. Um, I was going to take a kicker, but I mean, I can always, you know, uh, drop someone and just grab a kicker before week one. So I decided to go for another upside play. I went with Mac Jones. Uh, they announced he was starting uh, at quarterback for the Patriots to start the year. They cut Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton would have been another sleeper player you could take a gamble on, but obviously he's not on a team. Uh, so yeah, grab Mac Jones, obviously if Trey Lance doesn't start, 
then maybe I get some value from Mac Jones. If not, I can just drop one of them to the waiver and pick up whether it's a kicker, whether it's a, another hot free agent. So uh, definitely something that I thought about there. Uh, Nate, you went after me. You took Saints defense. Talk about that. Yeah, so I guess there weren't too many like um, defenses that really stood out, but there were a few that I think were pretty solid, and I think New Orleans defense is one of them, so I decided to take them. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Their defense is really going to have to carry them to a solid record if they're going to make the playoffs this season. I think that's definitely one of their strong suits. So a uh, solid pick there, even in the final round. Uh, Mike, you took Jameis Winston. Talk about that. Yeah, so I just needed a backup quarterback. So I just had to make sure the uh, bye weeks are different. And he's going to play one game for me. Hopefully his laser eye surgery is going to be fine and he won't cost me a week. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a backup quarterback just in case my, my man goes down. Yeah, I mean, for him, it's like 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions or anything in between. So Yeah, so depending on the league, I know like they penalize heavy for like interceptions and pick sixes. So just be careful. Be careful with if you draft one of the guys who have a high turnover ratio. Yeah, so uh, one of the things is make sure you check the rules of your league before you draft. So you can sort of take advantage of that in your draft. That's definitely important. Um, Terry, you drafted right after him, Jason Sanders, and he's a kicker. Yeah, he's a kicker. Just take best available. If you know anything about kickers, I mean, good for you. Uh, just take best available kicker if you're drafting round 15. Yeah, what I do know is that he was a pro bowler. So, I mean, uh, you didn't really go wrong there. Um, and then Mete with your final pick, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, another kicker. Yeah, respect the specs. I mean... Like Terry said, it's the last round. I need a kicker. And honestly, you just need a guy who's not shanking a lot of kicks and who can kick the deep field goals 40-plus uh, as they give you more points. So, yeah, Rodrigo Blankenship, I feel like, is that guy for me. Yeah, honestly, when you're looking at a kicker, you're looking for volume. That's the main thing. And you want someone that's not going to be shanking kicks all the time because a lot of leagues penalize that as well. So another thing to take a look at. But yeah, um, and then right after you, uh, Devontae Parker off the board, Chicago Bears defense, Buffalo Bills defense, uh, Will Lutz and Miami Dolphins defense to round out the draft. So um, uh, I'll start with myself, actually. I was the third uh, overall pick. Um, for each of us, I guess I'll just go through, um, I guess mention all the players on our team, talk about uh, what we liked about our team and sort of what we were thinking going through the entire draft. And then, um, Yahoo does give us a draft grade. I know it doesn't matter that much, but sort of just list it off and just your thoughts on that. So I guess I'll start, um, my draft grade Yahoo gave me an A, obviously I don't read too much into that, but, um, if Yahoo thinks I did well, and I also think I did well, so I'm happy with that. Um, my team is uh, in order, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Gus Edwards, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Kareem Hunt, Ryan Tannehill, Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman Jr., Jonu Smith, Gerald Everett, Trey Lance, Kansas City defense, and Mac Jones. Yeah, I am pretty happy with that. I got three RBs in the first four rounds. I got uh, three wideouts in the first six. So... Yeah, I'm solid in those two positions. Uh, quarterback, I got three quarterbacks. So if Tannehill doesn't work out, I got two young guys with upside. Um, two tight ends on the younger end in Jonu Smith and Gerald Everett. Um, sort of expecting breakouts from both. So one of them should hit. I should definitely be okay there. 
And then I got a lot of depth, um, Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman in the ninth and 10th rounds, respectively, are really solid for my wideout core. And I mean, um, Kansas City defense, if they don't play well, I can always just swap them out for someone off the waiver. So I am pretty happy with my team uh, from the third spot. Uh, obviously, Nate, you went right after me at the fourth spot. So uh, sort of talk about your team, your thoughts and your grade. So um, my grade was um, A minus. I'm pretty happy with with that. I wish I could have gotten a little bit higher, but it uh, doesn't really matter too much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, my team was Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Lamar Jackson, TJ Hawkinson, Jerry Judy, Tyler Higby, Kenny Galladay, Kenyon Drake, Kirk Cousins, Curtis Samuel, Boston Scott, Daniel Carlson, Carlson and uh, New Orleans defense. Um, I guess um, in retrospect, maybe I didn't really need to take um, two tight ends that have, um, I guess, pretty high upside. I could have just gotten like um, just gone, gone with TJ Hawkinson and then maybe wait till later in the draft, even though tight ends tend to tend to get kind of thin. Yeah, I guess uh, what you could have done, maybe reached or, or waited for a guy further down that maybe had like breakout upside. And then maybe you could have filled out like another position. But honestly, I think you did pretty well overall with your team. So you don't need to fault yourself for that. And obviously, yeah, who didn't fault you too much for that either. Uh, Mike, I'll get to you. You're drafting right after the fifth spot. I guess talk about your team. We'll list your team, talk about it, and I guess the grade. Yeah, so Yahoo was always on one. So they gave me a C-. minus. Um, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, Allen Robinson, James Robinson, Damian Harris, Kyler Murray, Odell, Juju, Dallas Goddard, Noah Fant, Jalen Waddle, Denver defense, Ryan Suckup, uh, Nicole Hodman, Alexander Madison, and James Winston. Honestly, I really like my team. I got my wide receiver depth that I like. I got my running back depth that I like. And honest to goodness, as long as Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith kind of stay healthy and do what they're supposed to, and I hit on Goddard and Fant exceeding expectation and Damian Harris exceeding expectation, I'm pretty confident in my team. Yeah, that's one thing Yahoo doesn't predict is a lot of breakouts. They sort of project players where they are. So if they gave you a low grade because you went for younger players, that's understandable. That's usually what happens with my teams just because, like, I took Waddle at the end. I took Hardman at the end. Rather than taking, like, the highest rated player, I took guys who kind of have boom things. So like I said, if one of those guys hits and everybody kind of has the stays their expectation, I'm pretty happy with my team. Yeah, I think out of all the teams I've drafted, only like one of the the top graded teams has like ever won the league. Most of the time, it's someone somewhere in the middle uh, in terms of draft grade that ends up winning. Because yet, like I said, Yahoo doesn't project those breakouts. Uh, if you sort of take a shot on a younger player, they don't really take that into account. So like I said, you don't need to worry about the draft grade too much, but we just kind of want to see, I guess, where Yahoo's going to place all of our teams. But um Terry, I'll move to you next. You were at uh, pick number six. Uh, walk us through your team. I guess uh, explain your strategy and your draft grade. Uh, at quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Wideout one, Tyler Lockett. Wideout two, Adam Thielen. Running back one, Aaron Jones. Running back two, Antonio Gibson. Tight end one, George Kittle. Flex position, Chase Edmonds. Defense was New England Patriots. And the kicker was the one on the Dolphins, Sanders, Jason Sanders. You get what I'm trying to go through. And on the bench, Ronald Jones, the second, Corey Davis, G.J. Sharp Jr., 
Jarvis Landry, Marvin Ingram, not Marvin, Mark Ingram, and Henry Ruggs IV. Uh, Yahoo gave me a, a minus, B plus, something like that. Uh, I can understand why I didn't draft a quarterback or a second quarterback and I didn't draft a second tight end. So honestly, I don't really care about the uh, grade. It's what you do throughout the season that makes you win your championship. And about my team, I'll be lucky if DJ Chuck uh, blows up on the Jaguars offense. And honestly, if Mark Ingram becomes the, you know, 50-50 starter with Philip Lindsay or David Johnson, I wouldn't even be upset with those picks. Uh, with that being said, can't complain. Yeah, you definitely went for some upside in those later picks. Um, obviously, that's definitely something you want to do when you're drafting. You probably don't need to think too much about it. If it doesn't work out, you can always drop them and grab someone off the waiver wire anyways. So that's not that big of a deal. Uh, but Matt, I'll get to you. You were picking from pick number seven. Go through your team. I guess explain all your picks and talk about your grade. Yeah, so my team was Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Mark Andrews, Mike Davis, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Michael Gallup, Devin Singletary, Matt Ryan, Jacoby Myers, Austin Hooper, Indianapolis, and Rodrigo Blankenship. I got a B plus, and my thoughts on this team, honestly, uh, like I said, Jalen Hurts is kind of risky, but... I went with Matt Ryan, a guy I'm comfortable with. So I think I'm good there in case Hertz doesn't pan out. And then the second thing I was kind of mad about was Austin Hooper, but he was my 13th round pick. So, yeah, I don't have too many complaints, honestly. And what did Yahoo give you as a grade? They gave me a B plus. All right. That's not too bad then. Uh, they, uh, you did pretty well. Um and I guess, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, when you get into the draft, sometimes you take guys that you regret later and that happens. That's what the waiver wire is for. If the guy doesn't pan out and you can always just, um, you know, just uh, whether you have waiver priority, whether you have uh, uh, different uh, fab budgets or whatever it might be, uh, you just got to prioritize that. You got to get the guys that you want off the waiver and uh, yeah, you're pretty much set. But yeah, I think overall in this mock draft, I guess I'll just give my final thoughts and I'll bounce it to you guys. Um, I feel like with my team, like I was sort of able to get the guys that I wanted. They were able to fall to me and I got a lot of values. Like, I think that's why my grade was really uh, high is because uh, I didn't really try and reach for too many guys until the later rounds, like especially in earlier rounds, like Deontay Johnson just kind of like fell into my lap. Kareem Hunt, the same thing, kind of just like fell into my lap. Like no one was taking him for like five straight picks. And then it just became a value at that point because I got him in a round later than he was projected um yeah things like that Tannehill was another one of those guys he had the COVID symbol beside his name so people just probably stayed away from him and I got him at a value so um th those are a couple of things I noticed I was just happy with my team in that sense and I guess uh Nate I'll bounce it to you any final thoughts um I not really too many fi uh final thoughts I guess um with I guess I guess I can talk about tight ends a little bit again um I guess uh for maybe like um early um tight ends like if you see someone like tj hawkinson and they fall to you you should definitely um pick them up but um once you pick somebody who's in the top six for tight ends you don't really need to worry too much like for example 
there was like um Mike Mike Gasecki who was like af after that. So um if you see like um someone like Tyler Higby and you already took a top six tight end, just wait until you see someone like Mike Gasecki or something, someone after that. Yeah, I feel like that I know we've talked all year about there being six main uh, tight ends that um, I guess if you don't grab them early, you sort of like should wait a little bit on tight end and try and get some value instead. I think that's what I did. I went with John o. Smith because I noticed that, like how quickly the top six went. Um, yeah, like you ended up getting Hawkinson. I think someone here took Kittle. I think Terry, that was you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and then Mete uh, went with Andrews and then um, yeah, Mike waited a little bit. Also, he went with Fant and and Goddard. So I, there's just two different strategies. Uh, if you're sort of reaching for guys in the middle, I think it was good, Mike, that you didn't reach for Logan Thomas. You sort of let the draft just fall to you and then just sort of get him as a value. But I guess any final thoughts or any thought or, or any like uh, draft thoughts uh, when it comes to strategies? Honestly, not too much. Like I said, running backs are the hardest position to kind of replace if one goes down. So always make sure you have running back depth. Pray to the uh, fantasy gods your team stays healthy and then just work the waivers all year. Yeah, it's one of those things you got to be on top of is the waiver wire. Because if you have people in your league that are sharps and they're they're quick, uh, you know, they'll, they'll grab those breakout guys. Like after week one, you're going to find these wide receivers that went off for like 100 yards and like two touchdowns and people are going to be all over them. But you got to look at the situation. You got to temper your expectations. Not every player that breaks out in the first week is going to sustain it for the whole season. And a lot of times there's injuries as well in week one. So then there's people hopping on the waiver for backup running backs. So if you've drafted a lot of depth in terms of backups, you might end up having a backup running back uh, for an injured player. And then that'll turn out to be uh, something good for you in fantasy. You can always throw them into your starting lineup. Uh, Terry, I'll get to you now. Any final thoughts on drafting or, I guess, draft strategies? Draft strategies, I mean, you guys covered a tight end situation. If you're not drafting a Fab Five plus that rookie, you're honestly picking from guys like Logan Thomas, Robert Toydan, Noel Fan, like Kasiki. So basically like that Tier 2, uh, if you're aiming for the Tier 2 guys, don't aim for them early because, honestly, you're going to get roasted in your chat or whatever. Yeah, who's using during the draft. Uh, what else? I said it in our uh, first mob draft, understand the deepness for each position. Running backs and wideouts are the deeper positions. So if you can find those sleepers or those steals in the later round, be my guest. But also remember guys like, I don't know, if you're looking for that skilled quarterback, like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, those running capable quarterbacks, you're going to have to pay early in the rounds for that. Outside of that, you got bye weeks. It shouldn't be that big of a deal breaker, but just keep in mind that if you got four or five guys that are sitting in week 15, you might be struggling uh, for that playoff push. But outside of that, don't really got that much else to say. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a lot. I honestly just consider bye weeks as like a deal breaker or like a tiebreaker if i'm stuck between two players i take the player that has a different bye week than the guys on my team already so that you don't have to go through that um hassle when the the bye week comes and you've got like five guys on your bench and you're running to the waiver wire just to get someone to throw into your starting lineup especially if you're in a deeper than 12 man leagues like 14 man leagues you're picking up like a 
a Savon Ahmed off the waiver. Or you're picking up like a, you know, like a Matt Breida or something just to try and throw into your lineup. And you don't want to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely important to watch the bye weeks. But uh, obviously, don't uh, reach lower for a guy just because he's a different bye week. Obviously, just use that as sort of a tiebreaker between two players. Um, Mete, getting to you, I guess, any final thoughts on this draft or just drafts in general? Yeah, so like I said in the first mock draft, definitely try not to be biased towards your own team. I tried doing that this draft, and I think I achieved that. I only had one Cowboys player. So, yeah, I know you're going to be really tempted to pick players you really like. So, yeah, try to stop yourself from doing that, especially if there's way better picks. Uh Outside of that, like we said, running backs, you, I feel like you really need two by the first five rounds at least. Uh, yeah, outside of that, for your bench, you could probably just try to go for breakouts, especially if you're confident in your starters. Uh, yeah, you have nothing to, to lose as if you're confident in your guys, you can just have uh, breakout candidates and yeah you could uh, definitely use them for flex or stuff like that better matchups yeah absolutely I mean we've talked about it going into drafts I mean if you like your player obviously you want to draft them because you don't want to be uh, let's just say if you're a Cowboys fan you're stuck between Amari Cooper and Terry McLaurin and you take Terry McLaurin and you find yourself cheering against the Cowboys obviously you don't want to do that so yeah players that are close to each other obviously you want to take the player that you like but um, yeah like Mete said don't be reaching for players from your own team obviously uh, go for the the more skilled player um, you want to get a well-rounded team I know Terry you were talking about that as well rounding out your team knowing the depth of each position um, and then, yeah, um, we've talked about draft strategies the whole off season. We got episodes on everything, whether it's team previews, whether it's uh, judging be- between positions, whether it's uh, just judging between specific players, which players have more upside. And we've uh, this is the second mock draft now. So we've done more than one mock draft. Uh, make sure you do your research. We have all the tools here for you. Uh, we're definitely here to help. Uh, obviously, you can tweet at us. You can DM us. You can leave us a comment. Obviously, leave us a comment. Uh, who you think uh, had the best draft, um, you know, uh, whoever that might be. Uh, talk to us about your draft strategies, all that. And uh, that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fan Fan Podcast. Uh, the football picks will be coming up next week to start the season. Uh, make sure if you want your picks, our experts are going through every single game to provide winners for you guys. So definitely check that out. Uh, This podcast episode will be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, click the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us comments, reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, Mike, it was great having you back on the episode. Appreciate it. Nice to be back. I appreciate you having me back, man. And uh, the rest of you guys as well. Um, And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.